welcome to a special edition of Text Talks The Look Back, where I take a moment to reflect upon the season that was and you get a chance to catch up on bits that you may have missed over the course of this season's episodes. It's been an interesting start to the year, am I right? Like, we're still in a state of emergency. There's a war going on a continent away from us. Ferrari is currently leading the F1 Constructors Championship. And listen, I'm aware that none of that has anything to do with music, but sometimes you need to just take a second to reflect the times that you're living in for everything else to fall into place, or at least to try and make a little bit of sense. And you know, I'll be honest, I've been all over the place these last three months, and I'm looking forward to a bit more stability as we move into the second quarter of the year. So for this look back, we've put our live vibes on hold so that I can indulge my narcissism and you can listen to my top moments from this season. And if you're a regular listener to Text Talks, you will know that before we move forward, we like to look back at the season that was. And picking my top five moments from across the season was super smooth, mainly because it was a short season, but mostly because each and every conversation that I had sticks out in my head like a sore thumb. But I'm sure you're dying to know what I picked. So now let's look back. Duncan Bentley from Vulvodynia, oh, that man, apart from being one of the most entrepreneurial people I've spoken to lately, he has the best stories. From almost a full day bender in Slovakia to meeting and working with some of their all time legends, this guy is a lol a minute. But my best moment from our chat was when he told me about the stalker that he had while they were on tour in the States. Let's take a listen. Have you had any like, like any crazy fan experiences? I'm sure yeah, you must. There, there has your been fans a, are... a lot of crazy. We usually call because you get some fans that just don't leave you alone. Like once you give them a bit of like time, then they mm. just like stick <laughs> by your side all night. And sometimes we call those fans punishers. <laughs> and uh, if that happens, then you need to help the other band member and get them out of there. But I had a crazy experience in New York with like this crazy stalker chick that Ooh, uh, sent me like a hundred DMs and it was all my message requests and I opened it up and it's like all these messages saying like, at first it started out like, hey, I love you. And then it was just, it quickly turned south and she was like, I'm going to kill you. And, blah, blah, blah. Oh and I was God. like, guys, look at this shit. And then we open up her profile picture to look at it. And she's got my fucking name tattooed on her arm. Like, just in impact font. Just giant, like Duncan Bankley. And I'm like, oh, my God, guys, what the fuck? <laughs> and now the whole tour, the band's, like, crying wolf every night. They're like, dude, she's yeah, she's yeah. Because, like, they joked around saying she's going to come to the show and, like, fucking stab me or some shit. So every night I'm hiding in the fucking green room. And the band's laughing at me. And eventually I didn't believe them anymore. I was like, fuck you guys you know she's not gonna rock up and then at the very last show of the u.s tour in new york this fucking chick rocks up <laughs> at the show and she's got a backpack uh and she won't let the bouncers search her backpack so like everybody in the band starts freaking out and we tell the bouncer no that like this chick wants to kill duncan and uh, like pretty much she stood outside the show all night with this creepy look on her face and she didn't say anything and the bouncer asked her like is this true and she just looked at him and she let out like this creepy laugh 
and then walked away. So yeah, there, there's that stalker lady in, in the US that wants to kill me. <laughs> what the actual fuck, Duncan? <laughs> so in the lead up to my episode drop with Youngster, I don't think that I could shut up about A, how great it was to do this interview with him in person, and B, being able to finally meet the Kapstadt Naya. And my favorite moment was when he explained why he decided to stop rapping in an American accent and embrace his natural accent. Let's take a listen. The American accent got completely left behind when I spoke to Shamima of Odessa. So I, I, I did a... Um, a mixtape with uh, DJ Hammer. DJ Hammer was the DJ also for Brasavani Cup. I've moved around with some of the greatest of them. If I can just, if I can just have that moment to pat myself on the back as a young lad, because I, I, I mean, if you look now, the new rappers seek approval from fans and bots and you know um, people trolls. They've, people they've never met. People they've never met. Us. I, I was soaking that. Uh, that validation from like the creators i wanted the people that made hip-hop to tell me yeah which is really the most important thing because then you're getting the stamp of approval then i don't care what anybody else is <laughs> I, 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 I mean it's like almost if you commit a crime and you're like well it's fine guys as long as my mother knows <laughs> if she knows and she accepts me then it's like look i'll go to jail as long as she's happy and she can still look at me in the face then it's all good you know, you know? kind of like the most important person in your life needs to give you that you know that that sign of acceptance and then you'll be like okay i'm calm i'm at ease now you know but when they're disappointed but in when you they're disappointed in you it feels like the whole world is against pretty you, much basically. yeah so when shamima told me you know i'm listening to this mixtape that you made with hammer because hammer's there she's there and i'm there we're sitting alone i think we were at um at trenton's place the guy who used to do um uh what's it called trenton birch trenton birch mm. yes but i forget the name of the company so the black orange black mango Something like that. Black but, Mango, but now it's uh, Bridges for Music. There we go, Bridges mm. for Music. Thank you. So we're sitting at his place. We're having a meeting there. And we were playing this album. And Shamima's listening to the album. And she's like, yo, this shit is dope. But I see what's happening here on your music. You're trying to have the American twang, but you're still talking about the shit that's happening here. And it would be easier for you. Because look, I come from Vitteboomer. You know, mm-hmm. I always say Vitteboomer in American accent. Very boom. It, it, it sounds wrong. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> Nobody knows where it is. It doesn't make sense. We're all confused. So there were certain things I was getting stuck on. I knew it when I was rapping it. And when I was writing it, I knew. When I come to that line, I can't say it in the American accent. Mm. That's why I say from the start, it was always there because of the place I was coming from, because of the culture that I represent. It was always in my music where mm. there were certain lines I'd come to where I'd like, shit, I want to say this, but can't say it in an American accent because the word has never been said by an American. So oh, when she heard that, she said, you'd be better off if you dropped some of the, she said some, she didn't say drop the whole thing. <laughs> she said, you'd be better off if you dropped some of this American twang just for the sake of your pronunciation of certain words. And when she told me, I thought, this is Shamima, she was in Godessa, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like the only female hip-hop group in South Africa ever. So I'm like, well, she must know what she's talking about. From that day, when I started writing songs after that, I left out a lot of the American accent. So that, that I, I mean, I don't credit her as the one that kind of made me stop it, but 
she shed a light on it to the point where I was like, okay, you're right. I should try and see what, see what it sounds like without that. And the first song that was completely removed from an American accent, more or less, I would say like 90% of it, was Salutas. And that was 2014, which was like a year after she had given me that advice. I was writing and making other songs, but Salutas was the one I decided I completed, like I'm going to leave out everything that even reminds people of America. And I'm just going to rap about everything that, you know, brings them back home to Cape Town. And if you look at that song, I mentioned um, um, District 6, Kaapstad, Baanslag, CA, I'm a crazy Arabian, um, Young Van Riebe. Kaapstad, Baanslag, I'm a crazy Arabian District number six Cape Town in Malaysia Got married to the game In the Vatapuma Subit Taking over the Cape Like I'm Jan Van Riebe All those things that uh, Followed me up until now Up until this time in my career Came out of that song Salutas in mm. 2014 And that moment is credited I give it to Shamima For reminding me Where I needed to take things now, just a quick side note because I have some super exciting news. Over at Text Talks, we get a huge number of artists reaching out to us to highlight their amazing content. And because we plan our seasons quite far in advance, we often can't accommodate requests to spotlight some of the amazing up and coming talents South Africa, Africa, and the world has to offer. And so we started Text Talks Extra. Text Talks Extra has gone on to become its own beast and thanks to all of your support, we are super excited to announce that our friends in the culture of humor have stepped up to collaborate with us for the next season of Text Talks Extra launching on the 14th of February. Puma have been at the very forefront of the culture through iconic collabs with the likes of Nomzamo Mabata, Winnie Harlow, Dua Lipa and Cara Delevingne to Nintendo and even my fave sweeties Haribo, while always looking toward being more sustainable in the pursuit of their biodegradable shoe experiments. I mean, this is the brand that bought us Suede, a fashion icon that's been a staple since its first drop in the 70s. Finally, keep your finger on that refresh button on Puma's Insta. Ruba has it with restrictions easing more and more. Select sessions might just be happening live and in person at their flagship Ramfontein store. So don't say we didn't warn you. We are stoked to be collaborating with Puma again and can't wait to bring you only the freshest content on Text Talks Extra, including all the happenings in the land of Puma for 2022. Whether it's their latest collab, hashtag select sessions, hashtag suede Sundays, or just a reminder that she moves us. Catch all the drops on at Puma South Africa on Insta or wherever you follow the iconic cat. And now, back to the show. The last time I spoke to Sio, I think we had like a like an hour-long chat about her latest release at the time. And I knew after that conversation immediately that I had to get her on the podcast. Had to, had to, had to. And it was lovely to get to learn about where she's from and how she honed her talent. Let's take a listen. So there was a stage when I had like, I don't know how to say this word. Some people say it's encephalitis some people say it's encephalitis you choose me i don't know it's one of them so that's essentially inflammation of the brain from age 12 right through to age 16 
So I was in and out of hospital for a while. They're trying to figure out why this child's brain is swollen and nobody could figure that out. Every test came back, the brain's swollen. We don't know why. It just is. So I had to just live with it. So compliments to my four-year migraine. I have developed an an incredible tolerance for pain. So I just learned how to cope. But there were a couple of, there was a year or so, a couple of months where I just couldn't go to school. So I went to church now and again. And there was this one Sunday I decided to go to Mass, as we call it as Roman Catholics. Um, mm-hmm. Went to Mass and uh, on the pamphlet at the end of Mass, somebody would read out the notices. And there was a call for a youth choir. And I was, what, 13, 14 at the time? Um, mm-hmm. And I joined. So we have practice after school, so like from 3 to like 5 every Thursday afternoon. And, yeah, so I went, signed up. I did not think anything of my voice at this point because I'd been in choirs for a minute at this time, and I'd never been given any leads or whatever in choir spaces. I'm always chorus at the back. <laughs> So um, always, I don't know, they'd always give the other people stuff. So I didn't think anything of my voice at this time. Also, I did not test it because I could hold notes, but it wasn't a thing that I'd explored or discovered its natural tone. So I go to choir practice and we sing awfully, all wrong, all in the wrong keys, not in the right spaces for our voices to live. And... Uh, the first, the first session, Sister Teresa wasn't there. So the Uncle Taka was there. He's late now. Bless his soul. May he rest in peace. Um, and he's also like, you guys are singing wrong, but Sister Teresa will come through next weekend and fix that. So she comes mm. through and she tells me to sing in a soprano voice. And I'm like, ah, Sister me. She's like, yes, sing there. And um, at the end of the year, we had our first sort of... Um, I don't know, we had to sing for everybody. So we replaced the senior choir for confirmation on a Saturday because mm-hmm. that usually when that happens. So there was a confirmation of the year ahead of me in catechism as we go through. So Sunday school for Catholics is called catechism. So, uh, yeah, so I, they gave me a solo song to sing at communion time. And I was like, are you sure? Me? So I sang and everyone at church kind of slapped me on the back and said, oh my God, you can sing. And I'm like, huh, okay, are you, are you sure? But there were so many people that I couldn't dispute that they were sure. Because it kept getting reinforced <laughs> that, okay, you can actually sing, Seal. Uh, I'm like, okay, cool. Zoe Modica is a powerhouse vocalist, and her recent addition to the International North Sea Jazz Festival lineup proves that because she'll be taking her rightful place on stage next to Diana Ross and Erica Badu. You would never say that this woman was kicked out of UCT because her theory wasn't up to scratch, but she didn't let that deter her, and she turned an otherwise negative situation into a super positive one. Let's take a listen. Oh man, you know I have to say that um, when when the news came of me having to be kicked out because of theory, because I mean this was at the time where I was leading, I was one of the soloists who were performing at the for the big band, which was this big prestigious thing to be a part of. Um, I was also a part of the UCT vocal group. 
which i mean there's only five or six people that get to be allowed into that so practically there was a lot of things that i was doing and i was excelling in but because of the theory i wasn't able to move forward with it and i won't forget when um professor mike campbell actually you know invited me to his office to break down the news that I wasn't going to be moving forward, you know, and I could literally see, I mean, Mike Campbell has been a part of so many careers and for such a long period of time. Um, and anyone who's been to UCT as an alumni knows that he had a very intimidating exterior, but when I saw him have glossy eyes mm -hmm. explaining to me that I couldn't move forward, I was like, man, this is not what they would have liked to hear or see. You know, so it didn't make anyone happy that that was the reality. And I think for me, that was a very endearing moment because I would have never thought he could be glossy eyed at the prospect of me leaving, you know, shame, um, but man. I was able to still big shame, but big, like big, cute moments at the same time. <laughs> mm. So mm. You know, um, I was able to still use the college, uh, you know, to kind of just practice because I was still in Cape Town for the remainder of that year. And and it was beautiful to be able to compose, um, go into a practice room. There was a practice room with a black uh, grand piano. I really adored it. And I think a lot of us would fight for it because a lot of classical pianists <laughs> would like to like rehearse with it as well. And there I was, right? So whenever it was open, I would go there and it just started becoming this really cathartic experience of being like, okay, I may come from this academic family and even though they've never pressured me, I've always wanted to prove that I'm an, a, a, an academic in music, you know, just because mm -hmm. that's, that's what I come from and not being able to do that. I, I was able to really lean onto the music that was yellow, the novel and and create from there and, and feel, create a space for myself in that where I, I self-reflect and introspect and just talk about all the things that, you know, um, Yellow the Novel was about. Um, but it was, it was beautiful. And I think looking back, being able to do that was such a gift. And maybe that was the point. Bailuanster is a special guy. I have a very, very soft spot for him for the fact that he's done everything by himself. He is the definition of DIY and being successful off the back of that. And my favorite moment was when we took a deep dive into the lyrical content of his latest release, Bajanga Chapter 3. Let's take a listen. But you mentioned something very, very interesting a few minutes ago about no longer being an angry rapper, but but instead ah, being yes, confident, yes. right? I'll tell you what else yes, you are. Yes. You're educational. Uh, my favorite oh, wow. track of chapter three oh, is my. established, and I'm going to tell you why, oh, right? Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell Sorry, you I'm why. Geeking. Okay, shit. You're, okay. Talking <laughs> about, you're talking about registering with Samro and Sampra yeah, and yeah. Capasso, and I laughed so hard because <laughs> nobody's writing music like that, right? Like oh, actual day-to-day wow. -day that you need to know as a musician. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, I also really hope that that's the next single because it's a really great tune. It's really oh. great. Proper. Yeah. Oh my, listen, um, 
So I'm literally like blushing so hard because that's a song <laughs> I've kept a secret from. Like I mean, I performed all the other songs. I mean, ASMR has been out, but I performed all the other songs at shows. But the only one people have no idea about is Established, and um, that was actually produced by Kimo Sabi, which is our first like collab like that in a very long time since I started producing. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad. Like I mean, this is the first like response I've gotten. Like granted, as I said, I've kept it a secret. But um, so let me just—I'm I'm done geeking. But yes, uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, as I said, you know, I very much write about you know like things that one could consider mundane. You know, like registering your business or registering with Samra. These are all important things. But you know, uh, you know, particularly in hip hop, you know, you 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 want to talk about all the shit that you have, all the cool you do know and. Um, yeah, I think everything else is pretty cool. I think, if anything, I'm not exempt from, you know, the hip-hop thing of talking about the cool shit. Because I think, you know, registering with Samra is pretty cool, you know, especially when that check uh, comes in whenever it does. Yeah, exactly. Also, yeah, never knew you know, what established meant till meant, I built me an built establishment. Me an establishment. Oh. Never knew what establishment till I built me an establishment. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> that is some poetry right there, my friend. Wow. You're I can't wait to me. hear that live. I don't know if we can continue. I don't know if we can continue. <laughs> I'm, I'm geeking too hard. But um, and you know what, text like I, I, I got my little Corsa light in August in 2020, and congratulations. It really my thank you, thank you. It really changed my life. You know, as far as you know, it was in fact that was probably the first introduction into chapter three. You know, like things just coming together uh with the beard as well you know um so like i found every time i was in this car this cute little course of light i would get so much inspiration for music you know just like ideas because i don't know there's something about driving in a car that is mine and no longer being on the passenger side like the night crawlers and whatnot now it's like okay this is me there's uh, again speaking to that confidence um just having something that now I bought myself and it's like, damn, okay, you can do this. And so every time I was in the car, I'd come back with so much music, like just ideas. So established was one of the first songs that were kind of born from that, just like journey in the car. So I had bought a studio monitor stand uh, and I had to go pick it up somewhere in Santon. And on my way back, I was carrying it and I'm putting it in the boot. I'm thinking, damn, I'm doing this. Like, like I've got a studio, like, you know, like, that whole idea of oh one day when I blow up, you know, it's it's there's no real, you know, uh how could I say? But it it's it's very much not a myth, but you know, it's the idea that yo, when I blow up, because if if that's always the idea that when I blow up and you're basing it on, you know, the perception that's being sold to you uh by the industry, you know, in music videos, in artists, brands and whatnot, you you feel like, okay, because I haven't achieved this or that, have I have I really made it? Am I established? But then I was like, as soon as I got out of that, which is something I shed in my youth, which came with like just the years going and growing up, I was like, I'm adding to my home studio. I'm established, you know, and I never knew this. And, and, until I built me an establishment, you know, I, I've got a registered business. So it was just like a moment like that car. It was just such a life changer. Um, there's just so much that, you know, it was like set off. And then it was like, OK, cool. I'm very much here within my own career. I'm going to put my flag down wherever I decide to. And to me, I've made it. And again, like by doing that, I'm 
in a way manifesting and then I got to dress for the job. If I'm established, if I'm this artist entrepreneur, I really believe that I am, you know, I think there has to be a level of, you know, business acumen attached to it. Mm. And, you know, when I think business, I think suits and ties and, you know, the biggest reference. Oh, another thing that really influenced a lot of chapter three aesthetically uh, and just the energy was the Wolf of Wall Street. You know, it's one ah. of my favorite movies, um, particularly because like uh, Jordan Belfort played by um, Leonardo is, you know, he doesn't rule his business in fact, rule isn't even the best word to use. He doesn't run his business with an iron fist. He's a very charming guy. Obviously, loves, you know, the nose candy a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is something I obviously didn't take inspiration from. But just like his ability to run his company and walk into the office and be applauded and people just respect and love him. And he's got such a, you know, that's something I wanted to replicate for myself within my business structures. And mm-hmm. Jordan Belfort in the film was, I was like, yo, dude, you are who I want to be with a bit of Michael Scott from The Office, you know, because, you know, it's not that serious at the end of the day. But, you know, those two gents, Michael Scott and Jordan Belfort, uh, were, you know, the, the people I kind of wanted to model Chapter 3 around. And just like that, Season 8 is over. A huge shout-out to you for making this one of our best seasons yet in terms of downloads. And you don't have long to wait for another episode because Season 9 kicks off on the 28th of April. No rest for the wicked, people. In the meantime, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pods, or wherever you catch your podcasts. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Text Talks. From me, your host, Tex, producers Jonathan Ings and Matthew Lewitz, and researcher Al Clapper, catch you on the flip side. Head on over to texttalks.com for all our previous episodes, and remember, that's Tex with a double X. 